our top story tonight, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is at a stalemate with the New York Giants. There has been no movement in contract talks. They have until Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. And if Saquon Barkley isn't signed by then, he might not show up for week one. Saquon Barkley may skip games if the franchise tag is what he's playing on. We're going to get into that on Player Profiler today. So as I said, Saquon Barkley, it's looking scary for the New York Giants. It is looking like they might be at a crossroads. Saquon Barkley has made it very, very clear that he has no intention of playing under the franchise tag, that that is something that he does not want. And if he is forced to play under the franchise tag, it probably hurts his long-term standing with the New York Giants, probably hurts his chances of re-signing next year. So maybe Saquon Barkley, if he is forced to play under the franchise tag, makes him more likely to walk. But as of now, we are going to be waiting and hoping that the New York Giants can come to an agreement with Saquon Barkley, pay him what he is worth. And that way, there's just no questions. There is no worry. We don't have to stress. We don't have to think about it anymore. Because if the Giants do not sign Saquon Barkley by Monday, they have to act like he's not on the team. Otherwise, it's irresponsible. If the Giants, who have playoff aspirations, the Giants are an improving team. They are drafting well. The Giants have been drafting well these past couple years. They've invested on the defense. They have invested in the offense, got a wide receiver one in Darren Waller. Daniel Jones got paid. They have a strong offensive line that is young and will continue to grow together and ascend. The defense has playmakers at every level. This is not a team that is looking to go 6-11 and 11 this year. If the Giants have a losing record, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people, and that puts pressure on Brian Dable. That puts pressure on Joe Shane. The Giants honestly might have peaked too early. They overachieved last year, and now the expectations are a little bit too high. But the Giants, because of the NFC, they're still in the mix to be a playoff team. If they were in the AFC, maybe not. But in the NFC, Giants absolutely in the playoff hunt. And so it would be irresponsible to go into training camp without Saquon Barkley, with no idea when he is going to show up and have your RB1 be Matt Breida. Because if Saquon Barkley is not attending training camp, if Saquon Barkley isn't, playing week one against the Dallas Cowboys, a divisional matchup, no less. That's not good. And I know running back moves the needle less than almost any other position. Running back and tight end are at the bottom when it comes to positional value. But the drop-off from Saquon Barkley to Matt Breida is so substantial. And then the drop-off from Matt Breida to Gary Brightwell, to Eric Gray, the 4'6 speed running back who's a rookie, to Jay Sean Corbin, this is unacceptable. Without Saquon Barkley, this is not an NFL backfield. I know 
we get excited. Well, you know, running back super replaceable. And it is. It very much is. But these are below replacement level running backs. Gary Brightwell is below replacement level. Eric Gray showed something as a receiver in college at Oklahoma, but he is unathletic. And again, so is Ramondre Stevenson. But still, I believe Eric Gray, at best, he's a replacement level player. Maybe below that, Jay Sean Corbin couldn't get off the practice squad last year. And so, if Saquon Barkley is not signed by Monday, the Giants got to go out and make a move. Probably not going to be Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is probably looking for a bigger payday than the Giants are willing to give a second running back. But what about Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette, I have said this plenty. Leonard Fournette is the kind of running back, and he's the only running back left in free agency outside of Dalvin Cook that can handle a bell cow workload. If Saquon Barkley skips week one, skips week two, he can skip up until week seven. He can skip at least six games. I don't know with the 17th game if he's allowed to skip seven, but either way, Saquon Barkley can skip six games, return, play out the rest of the season, and then he's a free agent next year. If he holds out longer than six or seven games, depending on the new CBA and the 17 games, then he's back on the Giants next year. It The contract tolls. The franchise tag would carry over to next year, and that would be a whole mess. But in those one to six games without Saquon Barkley, if they did indeed side Leonard Fournette, he'd be an RB1. Leonard Fournette would see 70% of the opportunity. He wouldn't see the Saquon Barkley 80% of the opportunity that Barkley had last year, but Fournette could easily handle 70% of the workload. Matt Breida mixes in for 30%. They start mixing in Eric Gray, ride him for six games, and then Saquon Barkley returns, and then it's a split backfield because you let Saquon Barkley ramp up. You let Leonard Fournette handle still 40, 50% of the workload until Saquon Barkley's up to speed. And then you've got two capable starting running backs that can affect the passing game too. So we'll have to wait and see. It's still Wednesday. We've got Thursday. We've got Friday. We've got Saturday. we got Sunday. And we got half a Monday. At that point, we will see if Saquon Barkley is going to be a New York Giant long-term, or if we're just going to have to pretend that Saquon Barkley isn't playing. That's what the Giants are going to have to do. Anything less. If the Giants just, oh, well, Saquon's not here, but, you know, he'll be here, and when he is here, we'll all be fine, and this will all blow over, and week one, you know, he'll show up. That's irresponsible. The Giants need to make a move. And in doing so, if they make a move, that hurts Saquon Barkley's leverage because now he's less valuable than he was. Right now, Saquon Barkley, probably more valuable to the Giants than most other. I don't know. Saquon Barkley might be the most valuable running back in the NFL based on his team, based on the downgrade from starting running back to second string. Christian McCaffrey to Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey has been more valuable, probably more, it was more valuable last year, but the downgrade to Elijah Mitchell is a lot smaller than the downgrade from Saquon Barkley to Matt Breida. So I'm officially worried. 
I am officially worried about Saquon Barkley missing time at this point. I don't expect him to be there for week one because reminder people under the franchise tag. So Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Evan Ingram, since they haven't signed their franchise tags, those are the only players that can hold out. Any other player holding out, they're going to be fined way too much money. It is not a feasible proposition. But Saquon Barkley is not technically under contract this year. Until he signs that franchise tag, he can miss as much time as he wants. And then we'll see week seven, week six, the return. Maybe Leonard Fournette or whoever they sign plays so well. It's a Melvin Gordon situation that he has to rush back early, but it's going to get uglier and it's going to get more confusing over these next couple days. Hope for a resolution, but don't count on it. And if you want to know more about Saquon Barkley and the rest of these running backs in New York, Leonard Fournette, etc., there's only one place to go, and that is the Draft Kit Podfather. Take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. And the draft kit is just one of so many fabulous things going on at Player Profiler right now. We just added a new show. Bradley Stalder, you know him. He's been on Player Profiler today in the past. You know him from Best Best Bell. He's got a show with Player Profiler now. Another show, his own show. Bradley Stalder joined Player Profiler, and now he is going to be bringing you the best best ball advice that you can find on Stack Hunters, the newest show under Player Profiler. You gotta check it out. The first episode aired earlier today can't miss it is absolute can't miss television and so is stat masters aaron stewart and chris bonagora you know aaron he's been on the show and you've probably seen them all across player profiler he's been everywhere you know chris he's been on the show too he does phenomenal work these two the amount of heat 
that these two generate with the hot player takes that aren't that hot. They sound spicy when you first hear it, but then you hear the logic, the reasoning, the math behind it, and you realize, oh, well, no, that's not hot. That's just logical. That's correct. It's not a hot take. Hot takes have to be plausibly wrong. Chris and Aaron just knock it out of the park on Statmasters. Continue to tune into Player Profiler and all the shows that we will be bringing you. And tune into the show that Netflix, oh, sorry, tune into the show that HBO will be bringing you first before we get to the show that Netflix will be bringing us. The New York Jets have been selected for hard knocks, according to Adam Schefter. And this was always obvious. The only way the Jets weren't going to be on hard knocks is if some team volunteered. The NFL begged the Lions to volunteer once again. Lions said, no, we did our job. We did our duty. We're past that at this point. So no. And that was the logic of every other team. Why are we inviting cameras into our building? Why do we want inside access? And really, it's not that much inside access. It's very selective what they show. The GM, the coach, they get to edit and withhold a lot of stuff from Hard Knocks. So it's not the disadvantage that people want to pretend it is. But at the same time, for certain players, it could be. Because certain players allegedly don't like cameras in their face, allegedly don't like the media. Of course, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's always so surly. He's always so aloof. He's always so Aaron Rodgers about everything. But I think he's going to have fun with the cameras. I think Aaron Rodgers, this whole, the media hates me. I hate the media. They're all villains. Adam Schefter lose my number. He's a bum. All that. I think Aaron Rodgers likes the attention just a little bit more than he lets on. I think this is going to be pretty good television. For starters, Aaron Rodgers. No matter what, he's always entertaining. Even if it's wild, even if it's out there, even if it's outlandish, it's at the very least entertaining, makes for good content, even if it's wild. And we're going to see how Zach Wilson handles his demotion, his transition into reclamation project for the New York Jets. That's going to be a fascinating storyline. How the offensive line gels. Makai Becton, former first-round pick, he wants to play left tackle still. Jets may force him to play right tackle because Dwayne Brown, the steady veteran from the Houston Texans and Seattle Seahawks, he's there. And then there's a battle at center. They drafted Joe Tipman. They re-signed Connor McGovern. They signed Wes Schweitzer. Three guys rotating in at center. Elijah Vera Tucker has the makings of an all-pro offensive lineman. He's going to be rehabbing from a knee injury that ended his season. The Jets, it's going to take some time because the offensive line is not particularly healthy. But if they get healthy down the stretch, the Jets' offensive line might be one of the best in the NFL we're going to see position battles there. We're going to see position battles at wide receiver. Everyone's so certain that Alan Lazard is the wide receiver too, that Corey Davis is the wide receiver four because they signed McCole Hardman. But what if McCole Hardman just ends up being a rotational piece like he was in Kansas City? Because McCole Hardman never really broke out 
never really did anything. He flashed. He had explosive plays, but Nicole Hardman never really earned a full-time role for the Kansas City Chiefs. No matter who he was competing with, had trouble beating out Demarcus Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, all that. So what happens if McCole Hardman's more of a gadget player? He's the wide receiver four. And then in three wide receiver sets, it's actually Alan Lazard in the slot and Corey Davis out wide. That could happen. Corey Davis is a good receiver. He is a good receiver. Not great, not spectacular, not special, but he's good. He is a starting wide receiver in the NFL. So is Alan Lazard. These are just solid players. Garrett Wilson, the clear alpha, but what about behind him? How does Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers, their relationship continue to grow? What about Randall Cobb? How much is he going to actually mix in? And then at tight end, at tight end, we've got a battle too, because CJ Uzama, he's the Mercedes Lewis blocking tight end type. Tyler Conklin was the receiving tight end last year. But what about Jeremy Ruckert? Last year's third round tight end didn't play a whole lot, but was the star of the early offseason. More position battles, more excitement for the New York Jets than I think anyone is giving them credit for. And then you get the defense sauce Gardner, one of the swaggiest, most brash young players in the NFL. That's going to be fantastic content. He and DJ Reed were arguably the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. And good cornerback tandems are always exciting because good cornerback tandems talk nonstop. They have a deep defensive line, powerful edge rush. This New York Jets team has storylines all across the board. So many different players that could be entered into the national spotlight just because of their personality. And then, of course, there's the story that we all want to know, and that's Brees Hall. We will get more access, more insight to Brees Hall's recovery than we would were the Jets not on Hard Knocks. So for that alone, Hard Knocks is actually going to be valuable this year. There's other things. That could make it valuable as we see the offensive line get healthy, as we see the wide receiver battle shake out, the tight end battle. But just the inside access, just the clips of Brees Hall rehabbing, that's going to tell us so, so much. Could not ask for a better hard knocks this year than what we are getting with the New York Jets. And we are also fortunate that Netflix has officially released quarterback. Quarterback follows Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota throughout the season. And I can't wait to dive into this. We've only seen some highlights so far on Twitter. I haven't been able to sit down and watch it. But when I do, we will do a whole deep dive. But for now, things I've seen. Number one, Patrick Mahomes wanted the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Said they were talking too much. He wanted to shut him up. He wanted to finally defeat the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. And he did. And as Anand and Dury said, there's no replacing Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. That rivalry might be the best of all time. But for this generation, Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow just might be Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. You have Jalen Hurts by himself in the NFC like Drew Brees, I'm just saying, it's a pretty great era of football that we live in, an amazing era of quarterback play. And 
this looks like it's going to be amazing access behind the scenes look. You see Patrick Mahomes just fighting with the doctors, fighting with his coaches that he didn't want to be pulled from the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, did not want to be x-rayed. Chad Henney comes in, does fine enough, and then Patrick Mahomes, no broken bone. I know, it's a high ankle sprain. Patrick Mahomes knew the entire time it was a high ankle sprain and just wanted to continue to play. Didn't care that he had a high ankle sprain, an injury that takes incredible athletes out for six weeks or more. Sometimes it derails the entire season. Michael Thomas has still had trouble coming back from his high ankle sprain years ago. And Patrick Mahomes, no big deal for him. So I cannot wait to dive into quarterback on Netflix. And I cannot wait to see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins. The odds have shifted drastically today. Yesterday, DeAndre Hopkins was plus 500 to go to the Tennessee Titans. And today, he is minus 300. Something has shifted. Some smart money has come in. Whatever it is, it's looking more likely that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be signing with the Tennessee Titans. We do know that the Titans offered a bigger contract than the Patriots did. But we also know Ryan Tannehill slash Will Levis slash Malik Willis or Mac Jones, DeAndre Hopkins' preference is Mac Jones. But there's still the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City just lurking in the background. It's probably not going to happen, as we've seen the odds shift throughout this process, but the Bills and Chiefs, they're still hopeful that DeAndre Hopkins will come to his senses and sign with one of them. I find it wild that DeAndre Hopkins is just still chasing the money at this point instead of chasing a ring with the Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs. Unless they're offering a ridiculously low salary. I just don't get it. The Patriots aren't a Super Bowl contender. They're barely a playoff contender. The Titans aren't a playoff contender with or without DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't get it. I wish... I wish that DeAndre Hopkins would sign with the Bills. But it looks like it's not going to happen. And if he does sign with the Tennessee Titans, that is a really bad thing for us fantasy gamers. Because in the entire time that Ryan Tannehill has been the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, his number two option in the passing game, 92 targets is the most they've ever seen. He's not that guy. Ryan Tannehill is not the kind of quarterback that just peppers his wide receiver one, his wide receiver two, his wide receiver three. There is just not enough volume with this Tennessee Titans offense with Ryan Tannehill to support two and three options. Let's say Traylon Burks breaks that 92 targets. It's possible because the Titans defense is so bad. They're going to have to pass more, but it's just going to take Traylon Burks down quite a bit. And then Chigakonkwa would drop so far. Because if the second option has never topped 92 targets, the third option has just never mattered for the Tennessee Titans. So I hope with all my heart that the Tennessee Titans do not land DeAndre Hopkins. 
because I want to love Traylon Burks. I want to love Chigakonkwo. And if DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Tennessee Titans, it's impossible to love either of them at their current ADP. They're going to drop so, so far. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.